Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome one and welcome all to the greatest show of them all. It is the NFC East mixtape, which you can listen to on any one of SB Nation's NFC East blog podcast networks. You can also watch this show on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the blog and the boys YouTube channel. And if you do, you will see the full red October getup of Brandon Lee Gowden in honor of the Philadelphia Phillies. Of course, my Houston Astros have the bye, have the week off. It's nice. It's baseball season. Brandon, happy October, our first mixtape in the best month of the year. I'm ready for a another Phillies World Series run this time where they actually beat the Astros in the World Series. So I'm excited for that. Um, is that your prediction? Sure. Why not? Uh, okay. Well, uh, it's, it's, it's a great time of year. We got a lot of sports going on. We're a quarter of the way through the NFL season. We have a lot of takes to fire off. The NFC beast is a little bit on hiatus, but the NFC East is still rocking and rolling and thriving. Um, how are you feeling as, uh, as we do enter October? I do like the, uh, step ladder nature of the division right now. Everyone, every team is separated just by one game. Eagles at the top four and oh, Cowboys right under three and one Panthers two and two, and then the giants one and three. So that's kind of fun. Uh, that's all I got. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, it's been fun so far. A uh, little bit of surprises, a lot of things going kind of chalk, at least how we thought they would relative uh, to the season's beginning. Uh, do we have any kind of uh, fiddle faddle we want to do before we actually start talking about the football or no? We've covered this in the past because it's not new, but it's a little annoying to me how there are 17 games, not 16, because mm-hmm. we'd be at the quarter mark right now, but we're officially not, but we kind of are. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of annoying. Yeah, I saw, um, was it Dan Campbell? Um, I I saw Dan Campbell say something about being a quarter through. um, Jaron Kerr said something about that on Twitter. And it was like, y'all are great, but not mathematically true. You know, that's all I'm saying. Break after the first quarter of week five, and then (laughs) that'll be true. Exactly. Um, Well, no, I don't want to do that because then that then that changes the second quarter because then like the second quarter starts with the second quarter of week five. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And then the the math gets really weird. Um, Actually, how about this? After the first quarter of week 17, we say, okay, we're putting this quarter after week four. And -hmm. now the first quarter of the season is done. And we do that after every quarter of week 17. It's too confusing. I lost the, the plot. Um, the NFC East has not experienced a change in divisional order, uh, from week three, uh, through week four. Uh, we're now obviously entering week five, uh, which means as we get things started, the Philadelphia Eagles lead the way Brandon, uh, the birds, the only birds in the NFL in terms of mascots, they're the only ones who get to be known as the birds, despite the existence of the Seahawks and the Falcons and the Ravens, whatever. Uh, the birds got the overtime win. This was your lock of the week on TGI football, mm-hmm. uh, which you missed because it's uh, locking yeah. against the spread. Uh, 34 to 31, the final Jake Elliott boots the game winner. 
Um, I'm very excited to talk about Ron Rivera, but he has to wait his turn. This is all about the Eagles at this particular point in time. Um, pretty clean game for Jalen Hurts from a box score standpoint, uh, but this was a little bit of a, you know, kind of pulling teeth performance in an overall respect, it seemed. I was legitimately never worried they were going to lose the game. At the same time, I did feel like, like as the commanders were driving on that final drive and sent the game to overtime, I did feel like the Eagles were going to give up the touchdown. So kind of funny there how that worked. I'm like, they're going to blow this, but they are going to ultimately win. And very dumb, which we'll get to by the commanders at the end of that game. But we'll, I'll save that. I'll wait for that. Jalen Hurts looks better than he has as a passer in this game than he did at any point in the season. So that's encouraging. Still doesn't look like totally right overall. That kind of speaks to how the Eagles look overall. And I don't want to hear a win is a win entirely because while they're, I mean, yeah, you're 4-0, you sign up for that. And let's give some context to this. I think the Eagles, I saw for the first time since the 1998 Packers, they are the first team to lose the Super Bowl and go 4-0. This is really hard. What they've done is like not, that does not happen. The Super Bowl losing team usually struggles a lot. For them to get to this point, they deserve a lot of credit. That being said, style points do matter to some extent. I think you I think you know that. We're on the Good same Good teams page, win, great teams cover. We say that you, all the time. You can't be the 2020 Steelers who got to off to an 11 and 0 start mm. and no one took them seriously. Or the 21 went, Cardinals, right. Or the 2022 Vikings who went 13 and like no no one was ever scared of those teams and what did all those teams do? Well, they faded down the stretch for one and they also went into the playoffs and were one and done. So, like you, you have at some point kind of have to get it together. The common thinking is, oh, well, it's amazing. The Eagles are 4-0. They haven't played their eight game yet. And I agree with that. And I still have hope they can play better. But with each passing game, as the sample widens, at some point, maybe this is just who you are and there isn't like a better result coming. I'm not ready to say that yet. I still have hope. But again, each game where they do not play their A game, I am only going to wonder if they can play their A game. I think all that's really well said. By the way, the 1998 Packers did not even win um, the division, the NFC Central at the time. Um, do you recall who did? It's a really famous team. That's why I thought you would. No. It was the 98 Vikings, the, the Randy Moss, mm. you know, explosion, whatever. And they obviously lost the conference championship game. But so that's my point. Like, you know, you would you would presume, you know, oh, they went 4-0, like, you know, automatic this, automatic that. But like football can be weird sometimes. Um, I agree really almost 100% with you. Um, I don't have any like strong disagreements and that's kind of the take I've landed on is that, you know, we're at a fork in the road and it's either, this is who the Eagles are now. Is there just kind of a, a really well-rounded team? Like I want to be very clear, like it's always fun to take shots. Um, but like, it is so annoying how the Eagles are four. No, despite looking really bad at, at times. And like, I don't know that they've looked really bad for even like one whole quarter, but there is some really, you know, normal football happening from them. And I think that that this is, this was is, is why the term regression of the mean gets said so much in the offseason because you see a team have this historical year. Or, I mean, the literally the 100th percentile kind of year. And so it's like, wait a minute. Now you're you're not just going to continue. You're not just going to keep doing that. It's like, no, like this is this is generally kind of the way things go. Um, and so, like, I, I think you could make an argument. Some would be stronger than others that they could have lost almost every one of their games to this point. Maybe not the Vikings game. That was, you know, although they had struggled at certain times and, and kind of benefited from Minnesota turning the ball over. Um, and I thought they were going to lose this game uh, up until the very end, obviously. And again, we'll save the Ron Rivera stuff. But 
Um, so it's either that it's either this is who they are. They're just kind of a team that survives and, you know, survives is even a poor word to say because it's like you know, on, in some ways, in some respects, they're blowing teams out like the Vikings, like from a yardage standpoint or the Bucks on Monday Night Football. Um, so it's not as close as it kind of feels. Um, so it's either that or like things will stabilize and crystallize and return to closer to the norm that it, it seems like the norm should be um, as the season goes along. At the very least, and I think this is universally agreed upon, if you're 4-0 while you're figuring that crap out, like that's the best way to be in that process. If you are not a big quarterback wins guy, mm. I still think you have to admit this is pretty impressive. Like The fact that Jalen Hurts is the seventh quarterback in NFL history since at least 1950 to record 21 or more wins in a 22-game stretch, he joined... Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Jim McMahon, Joe Montana, and Daryl LaMonica, who I definitely don't even know who that last guy is. But Oh, that's really embarrassing from you. Well, wow. I don't. I mean, sorry. I don't. Right? I just don't. Read, read but, a book, Brandon. Jeez. I mean, come I mean, on. Anything past, like, you know, the past 40 years probably isn't even real anyway. Well, you didn't even but, know who, you know, won the NFC Central in 1998. So, I mean, even that's a stretch. But think about that. Like, joke, whatever, joke aside, like, that's that's a crazy stat. And also, the Eagles are 21 of their last 22 regular season games, started by Jalen Hurts, which, since 2021, uh, that winning percentage leads all NFL quarterbacks. Like, there's something to be said for that. It's not – it's obviously not as simple as quarterback wins, whatever. But – um they just do. They just win with Jalen Hurts. So that's pretty impressive. And I think one of the issues with the Eagles is they have to figure out him being like a non-factor in the running game. He just hasn't. He actually, uh, as Benjamin Solak, our good friend from The Ringer, pointed out, Jalen Hurts has the NFL's worst success rate among quarterbacks on plays outside of the pocket. He looks slower. He had a really good 24-yard run in this game where he was getting pressured. He broke through the pocket, stepped up took off running downfield. So it's not like it's not there at all anymore. But his other, I think it was eight runs. And obviously there was a tush push or multiple in there. So that kind of brotherly shove. Thank you to the mixologist, by the way, had a lot of them chime in with that. And I want to give credit to them because they got to me um, with that before I saw Nick Sirianni was asked about this, like before it became Mm. like a national name, um, the mixologists were hitting me with brotherly shove, a much better name for uh, this than the tush push. Eight attempts for 10 yards. Like, that's what is that? That's like, that doesn't make any sense for Jalen Hurts. That's not a number. So, I get having to protect yourself and wanting to slide. I get that. But there has to be, I, I, it's a fine line because you obviously do want him to protect himself above all else. But you can't just be like, oh, now he's just a non factor in the running game. No, you can't. Like, that's not good enough. You have, you have to bridge a gap between Jalen Hurts being a non factor in the running game and Jalen Hurts being reckless. There has to be some middle ground there that they can do a better job of finding. Uh, so that's something that's not really good, and that's part of the why the offense, I think, doesn't look totally right now because if you can't you can't just take Jalen Hurts' legs out of the equation entirely. And you also can't rely completely on them, right, like um, like they did early in that Vikings game. Like it's It doesn't just have to be like the Jalen Hurts leg show, um, but um, Hurts is a uh, – I don't want to say like he's, you know, avoiding criticism because he's the quarterback of a 4-0 team, but like definitely not playing like the MVP, you know, caliber player that everybody saw him play as last season. Um, he has a lower EPA per play than these quarterbacks. These are just, you know, ones to, to, to list that are notable. Uh, Lamar Jackson, which I know makes you very happy. Uh, Kirk Cousins, which equally uh, thrills you, I'm certain. Um, Josh Dobbs has a higher EPA per play. Uh, than Jalen Hurts at this moment in time. Jimmy Garoppolo, C.J. Stroud, although Stroud's been amazing. Jordan Love, even despite you know the last couple of weeks. Um, I mean, it's 
and even Anthony Richardson um, has him just edged out uh, by one, what is this, hundredth or whatever um, of, a, of a decimal place. Um, it's, I mean, and again, like if if things return to form or whatever, then it's like, oh, who cares? They, they're, they're so great that they went 4-0 while they were bad. Uh, but if this is, you know, the beginning of some sort of decline or regression or whatever, that is, I think, cause for concern because while the Eagles are 4-0, this, and we'll obviously talk about the future in a little bit, the Rams this week is tricky. The Jets look a little bit pluckier at the very least, although I doubt you're personally concerned. Um, then the Dolphins coming up. Um, and then that Dallas game right before the bye kicks off a really tough four-game stretch with the bye obviously baked in there. Hmm. Yeah. Um, that's why they have to play better because they're not going to keep getting the teams they've, they have played. Uh, and it's just – I really did feel good about that being a lock. Like, I think – now, there was some weirdness in this game, should say. Uh, a lot of it's, this is a weird stat. You have to admit the from the, since the start of, I believe 2021, the three games where the Eagles have given up the most first downs due to penalties. And it's like five, five and four, I think all against the commanders. I don't know how it keeps happening somehow against the commanders, but this, every time they play the commanders, the flags start to come out and they just get like an unusual amount of benefit relative to all the other Eagles games. So that was weird. Obviously last year's commanders game was weird. There was, um, one egregiously bad penalty where uh, the refs called it on Zach Cunningham. It wasn't even him. It was Nicholas Morrow. And then you look at it and I mean, maybe his pinky touches uh, Curtis Samuel and they call defensive holding to wipe out uh, a stop on the opening drive. That would have been three points instead of seven points. So, um, you know, officiating to me shouldn't be a factor at all when you're 10 or nine point nine and a half point favorites like the eagles were you should be beating them so bad that it doesn't impact the game but there was weird stuff happening even beyond the ref stuff like sam howell got hit as he threw and he threw a ball up into the air it was like a pop fly Terrell yeah couldn't catch it the commanders fumbled into the end zone they happened to recover it uh the commanders had a play where antonio gibson is in the backfield he drops the ball like it's a football how many times would you drop a ball? Would it literally just bounce right back up into your hands? That's like, that's insane. That's like an insane fumble luck. So they had some weird stuff going on like that, which I ended up, you know, that's why I wasn't, I said earlier at the beginning, I wasn't worried about the Eagles losing this game in part because I thought like the commanders got so many breaks to get up like they did. And only by seven points at the half, I thought things would even out a little bit in the Eagles favor. And they ultimately did. You had that completion, uh, which was not a completion to Terry McLaurin along the sideline in overtime where, it was very close to being in, but McLaurin stepped on like Reed Blankenship's hand and therefore uh, was not on the field until he his foot was actually out of bounds. So things broke out even a little bit towards the end there. Um, but there is like this weird commanders got very fortunate in some spots uh, thing going on that I think made the game a little bit closer than it should have been. Um, all that aside, um it was a really interesting game to keep tabs on. Sunday was a really hectic sports day uh, for me. Uh, we were talking before we started recording about the final day of the MLB regular season. So, like, I had all that going on with all this on the Red Zone channel. Like, it was just – I felt oversaturated um, in a sports perspective. And so it was difficult to keep uh, track of this. This was um, – I know you love fantasy football. This was the true, like, witching hour uh, term that Scott Hansen loves to use, like, kind of coming to life. Um, and it was crazy with the way it went down to the end. I will say um, – and, look, it's one play, but – it's just I, I find it strange how the Eagles defense, you know, has like these really exploitable moments or has had these really exploitable moments this season. Like it's amazing because I mean, like they were amazing last year. And so like to, in this two point conversion situation, like they've got to have it, whatever, like to just 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 like be so bad. Like, I mean, 
again, it's one play. And so, like, I don't mean to make a mountain out of a molehill, but, like, I expect more. I mean, well, I really do. It was third and 17. It was, like, third and 17. <laughs> I think the commanders were on their own 40 or something. Like, you know, you got any of this pass rush going up against the commander's offensive line that's allowed the most sacks in the NFL. Like, finish the job. Get it done. And instead... Uh, commanders complete a pass to Brian and Pringle of all people to set up a fourth and two. They convert that. They eventually get down to, um, you know, goal to go, ter- goal to go territory. But like you had the game there, third and 17, 102 on the clock. Commanders have no timeouts left. Like end the game, end the game right there. It's really weird that the Eagles pass rush, they, they sacked Sam Howell five times. And even so, like it didn't feel like they did enough. It didn't feel like they could have been as good as they should have been for how good of a pass rush they are. So, and I, I, I you know, I want to, we'll get into this to the commander side. I think Sam Howell deserves some credit for that. And he did a really good job of escaping pressure. Uh, I think his mobility is something that, you know, works in his favor in that regard, but still um, Eagles have to be better. That's the bottom line, simple analysis. They, they've been good, but they have to be better. Um, well said. Okay. Let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys who gave Bill Belichick. I don't know if you saw this. Like, I'm being serious. Um, the worst loss that he has ever experienced um, as a head coach in the NFL. Um, and while I understand that these are not the Patriots of like their prime, like you can never take this away from me. Like, yeah, like I, mean, is, I thought the I thought the Patriots would cover. I thought they would play competitive. They didn't. You took them to cover, I think, on TJ football. I took I them to lose, correctly. to be clear. Yes, but I did. Right, take right, them to right. Cover. Um, Thirty-eight to three was the final score. Uh, very efficient day from Dak. Uh, not like a gaudy day uh, from a box score standpoint. Um, I know you were busy because uh, the Eagles game had just ended, but um, he hit CD Lamb. It was the first touchdown caught by a Cowboys wide receiver this season, and it was technically from the 21 yard line, so not a red zone touchdown. So wow. that that was just kind of a funny, like you know, given all the discussion that's happened around this. Um, again, just kind of a, a a smooth day on offense, and it could be because the defense showed back up. Uh, Jerome Bland hit two interceptions. Um, really kind of stepped up, obviously, second game playing on the outside full time in the aftermath of the Diggs injury, took one of the interceptions, the first one back to the house. Dante Fowler caused a fumble that Leighton Vanderish scooped and scored on. And the Cowboys caught Bill Belichick on film, Brandon. They caught him uh, with his field goal uh, block unit, uh, mm-hmm. kind of crowding the line of scrimmage and took advantage on a sneaky, cheeky two-point conversion uh, mm-hmm. where Brian Anger threw it to Chauncey Golston. It was it was the most like bounce back sort of game possible, which is what I thought we would get from them. Uh, not to say like, like I'm a genius or anything. Um, it checked all the boxes, and here we sit. Um, I don't know where you have the Cowboys in your power rankings, but they're pretty consensus around five. Like most people had yeah. them six, bumped them up to five, uh, and of course, like all the blurbs um, are about like, well, are they that team or are they the team that we saw against Arizona two weeks ago? So uh, that's where they're at, following the Patriots. Up. I have them sticks, but I mean, you know, I think they're they're in that kind of tier more so of the top five. Um, splitting hairs a little bit there. The Cowboys winning this game was important from a standpoint of this could have been a trap game for them because okay, the 49ers are coming up in week five. Uh, we'll definitely beat the Patriots after losing to the Cardinals. We'll definitely bounce back. No, that's not a definite. And I did think the, the Patriots, who have been this year, not a great team by any means, but they've been a team that's played, again, to their level, to the level of their competition. And uh, they got boat raced in this one. And I think that's a really strong bounce back by the Cowboys. And now it's almost like, who cares? Okay, we took care of business as we should. Now it's time to now. Now the real game is here for many reasons uh, against the 49ers. 
Yeah, and we'll get there in a little bit. So we don't have to spend a lot of time on, on this specific game because, like, what is there to say? Like, you know what I mean? Um, but the thing I was most surprised about, like, myself kind of, like, um, thinking back on this, um, I had a Whataburger for dinner, which is the best thing in the world, um, late on Sunday night. And I was just kind of, like, thinking back to, like, you know, what I'd written already and, like, the post-game show we'd done. And my, like, biggest takeaway from it all was how – and I don't I'm, – I'm not, like, posturing, like, oh, the Cowboys are the greatest team ever. But, like, how not surprised I was by this. And it was very mm -hmm. different from when the Cowboys uh, won in Foxborough two years ago. Um, I don't know if you remember that. That was the CeeDee Lamb walk-off in overtime. Um, okay. And so that was the first time the Cowboys ever beat the Bill Belichick-led Patriots uh, because, shocker, they were very good for a long time. Um, and and so it was this – much. Right, right, right. Well, but – I mean, still. But um, – but so like it was this big like thing, right? Like it was like, oh, they like they finally beat the Patriots with Bill, you know, not just in in general, but like the, the modern version of the Patriots. They finally beat them. Cool. Um, and there was a little bit of that to beating Tom Brady in the wild card round last year, but even that was kind mm -hmm. of like not as maybe not yeah, as they juicy. were below I mean, 500 was, team. <laughs> right, right. You get my point though, but like there was a little bit of and it was earlier in the McCarthy era. Um, obviously the first like kind of successful season because 2020 Dak had the injury. Uh, but I did not feel that same emotion after this win, despite the fact that it was, you know, it's, it's really fun again, like, Oh, the worst loss ever handed to Bill Belichick. But like the, I told you and Steven this on TJ football, there was, there was an expectation that they would go kick their ass. You know what I mean? And like, that is kind of a comforting thing that, that doesn't measure it anything that doesn't prove anything that that doesn't mean anything is definitely going to happen. Um, but they have molded into a reliable team in that sense. Um, I wrote about this and I tweeted it. The Cowboys are three and one and um, they are, I happen to be three and one, you know, for the third time in a row. So for three years in a row, they have won three of their first four games of the season. The last time that a Cowboys team went three years in a row, winning three of their first four games was 1985 through 1987. Um, and some of that is Emmett Smith missed the first two games, of the 93 season. Otherwise they probably would have done that then. But uh, my point is like, and again, like, I don't mean to like, just, oh, like pull up these tiny little things or whatever and say like these, oh, boom, like, you know, give Mike McCarthy his flowers. But like, he really has turned them into a stable football operation. Like he is literally doing things that are uncommon for, for this team in, in modern history. Um, and so like, I trusted them to get to three and one with a big 10 win. And they did it even against Bill Belichick. They did. They have the second best point differential in the NFL, just one point behind the Bills at this stage and also above the 49ers at plus 67 there by DVOA. I'm looking here uh, on ftnfantasy.com and the Cowboys are fifth. That's one spot ahead of the Eagles at six. So, you know, any kind of metric uh, indicates they've been good. You also have the, uh, I don't, the just the emotional satisfaction. Like that's one thing the Eagles haven't had this year. Like, is that the Bucks win was kind of like that, but not entirely, but just like that. Oh, like this was a great win. No complaints, nothing to really uh, quibble about, and it it feels good, and it's nice. You're three and one, but again, it's all it's it's just all about this week. Like it's really all about this week because okay, you have this great game, you don't win this week. What does that mean? And then if you do, then okay, it feels great. It feels like you did. You are really on the right track. You are really going to accomplish something. Yeah, there's something to be said for um, you know you've won three games, but like you haven't. I mean, like, I, I think I don't think Cowboys fans would trade lives with Eagles fans in terms of the season. But like you haven't won a close game, right? Like because you haven't had to, right? Like it's it's either been like you're on easy street or you're pissed off. You know what I mean? So that's just mm -hmm. kind of the way things tend to go. Uh, we'll obviously get to the Niners aspect in a moment. Um, but before we do, we're going to take Brandon. What are we going to take? A break. 
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back uh, from the brick. Uh, while we were gone, Brandon, you told me uh, the the most favorite poster that you ever had hanging in your room when you were growing up. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm trying to think. I can't really think. I don't know if I had a ton of posters. I did have, and I do still have this. It was in my parents' attic, or I believe, for years. I'm looking. You can't see it. I'm looking at it right now. I can't get it for you because it's under some stuff uh on the door but i hung over my door i have a philadelphia flyers big like it's not a poster because it's like kind of cloth material or whatever but a big banner i guess if you will um and that was really fun because flyers are my first love as a kid and they're terrible now but uh i do love when they're they're good i think the city has a different kind of energy it's just a fun time of year too um when like you know the nhl playoffs and that run is so especially relative to football season because football's out of season it's kind of like i can just enjoy the flyers as opposed to you know the phillies right now competing with nfl right. season so uh yeah i'm gonna say my big philadelphia flyers banner do you um ever get mad that the eagles don't have the same alliteration that the flyers and phillies do like philadelphia flyers philadelphia phillies it should be the philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> jeff eagles shout out to yeah jeff i know eagles. i yeah. thought you would i thought you would land there who was an uh, eagle by the way did you I know, know that? i know of course i didn't I know like that. unlike I mean, unlike you I, I haven't only seen the 2023 NFL i feel like season. well i mean obviously like he was more known for being a giant that was the bulk of his career but right. it is pretty funny that he did play for the eagles it's, i'm very uh devastated that brennan eagles former cowboy never played for the eagles um well not yet um He's, out of the, he's in uh, the CFL, so that's he did what I'm play, saying. Like he did play for know. the Stars last year in the USFL, which is funny because they are the Philadelphia Stars. So he did play um, for a Philadelphia football team. Pulling the curtain behind the back, or the curtain back a little bit. Pulling behind whatever other expression. Pulling the curtain behind your back. Um, <laughs> that the day that he signed with the Cowboys, uh, I'm talking. I'm talking to the audience now. Brandon sent me an article that he wrote, and he was so proud of it. And he he thought it was. I the am funniest. still very. He proud thought of it was it. the funniest thing that had ever. And I, Do you I, it was the headline was. Um, it was like Cowboys signed Eagles or something like that. Yeah, something stupid. <laughs> and you <laughs> so, know how many pages that bad boy got? Like, billion, <laughs> like so many. Like, um, just an insane amount. But um. But so, yeah, uh, it was like in the in. This is, I mean, I don't think this is not obvious, but um, 
during undrafted free agency, we're very busy. Um, and, and Brandon is too. But so like in the in the like onslaught of all that news, Brandon sent me this. And so I was like, oh, this must be like really important. Like, because see, he knows how busy I am because he's that busy too. And it was this stupid article that was about Look, nothing. The dumbest articles I've ever written for BGN have done like the like like the the dumb article I wrote about why the Eagles logo faces left. Right. The only NFL that is like the most viewed article I think in like SB Nation, maybe Vox history. Like it's up there. Like it's just so people love dumb stuff. So um, uh, I'm happy to su supply the ammo. Anyway, uh, the Washington Commanders lost. We don't have to necessarily rehash the whole game. Obviously, this is this is the the one flaw in our system with going in divisional order. Uh, Wait, I have one more thing uh, on the city name thing or the team name uh, thing. It is pretty funny that Drake London scored a touchdown in London. That's pretty funny um is it that's funny i mean you know how i hate when people take like obvious things and act like they're original so chris like, long asked like how many players i wish i, I would love to see a, a, a like database of all the players who scored a touchdown in a city where their name like dallas goddard would count obviously uh well there's that it reminds me of that scene in uh forrest gump where he's like oh um like dallas whatever he was from cleveland you know what i mean like it's mm. like it's like it pokes fun at that but um whatever anyway uh commanders. the commanders lost um again i i for me this is really about the two-point conversion at the very end i was so obviously happy because i was rooting for the commanders to win this game and i thought they would i mean they, when they were up seven nothing it was kind of hold your breath and it was 14 7 it was like okay maybe they're gonna do this and it was 17 7 it was like okay can they hold on and then it, it was like, oh, no, they're going to they, they, they ruined this. And then it was like, wait a minute, they're going to come back. Oh, no, they are going to come back. Oh, they have actually come back. Mm -hmm. You cannot call yourself Riverboat Ron <laughs> and then be in a position as a almost 10 point. I'm sure he was a 10 point underdog by some book. Be a 10 point underdog uh, again on the road, not just against a division arrival, but against the reigning you know division champions, the reigning conference champions, the like. You know, for most teams, I would imagine the kind of measuring stick with regards to how good you are. That's mm. what the Eagles are at the at present moment. You cannot be in that situation and call yourself Riverboat Ron and kick the extra point to tie it. Big loser energy from Ron Rivera amplified in a big loser energy way by saying after the game that the reason he did not go for two was because <laughs> his offense was gassed. What on earth? What I was can... the defense? If the offense was gassed, what was the defense? How were they feeling? Were they feeling you asked, good? You brought that up when we were slacking about this. What I brought up that nobody brought up is like, okay, so the offense was gassed. Well, Ron, you won the coin toss. So like, were they not gassed five minutes later when they mm -hmm. had to drive the length of the field? Like this is, this is so. Well, apparently they were because they couldn't convert and they had I to mean, punt. So dumb. I cannot believe that. I, and I'm not out as the commanders being like the third wildcard team like that, because, you know, like the third wildcard team has been some poor teams already, you know, in the mm -hmm. two game, two years. Yeah, that it's we've not had saying much. Right. Right. Uh, or three years. I think that we've had it exist. Um, but I mean, this is the difference. Like th this is the difference. And I tweeted about the the two point conversion attempt thing. And somebody I forget who. So apologies. Uh, responded to me and said, man, remember the story about, you know, the players kind of whining to him that Eric Bieniemy was being too hard on them. Well, yeah, I can kind of imagine if, if Ron is really that lax about things like, dude, you have to go for two. And that's and not even in like a, some stuff is like a, just a gut, right? Like you, you've got to go for it off of gut, but like the analytics are overwhelming that you have to go for two in this particular moment. What a horrible move by Ron Rivera. Oh, just the context too. If he's a lame duck head coach, he has to know that. 
he's probably losing his job anyway. He's not in good standing. Why not do something like, so, okay. So what's the worst that happens? You lose. Okay. You were, again, you were big underdogs anyway. You weren't expected to win the game. You win. It's amazing. Maybe you, you actually find and a way if, to save your job. And if you don't get it, everyone understands. Everyone says, dude, you went for the win. You know what I mean? Respect. Right. You know what I mean? Like it just didn't happen. You're the worst whatever. team. Yeah. Like, but you went Commanders got outscored by like 11 points. I think in the second half, like you were also trending as the worst team. Like just, just do it. It's two yards. It just doesn't, it makes no sense. I said this to you in Slack when we were talking, the juxtaposition between the machismo football is tough. Like, you know, there's so much of that energy and then just the absolute cowardice of these coaches. It's like, how does that marry up where you're like, no, we're super tough. We're men, we're physical. And then, no, but we have to, we have to kick the extra points. It's the smart thing to do. It's just so stupid. Uh, obviously the Eagles benefit greatly from it. So I'm happy about that part, but from a, 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 a someone, a proponent of making like good, smart decisions in general, I hated it. It was so dumb. I couldn't believe they weren't going to do it. Gave the Eagles a huge break and commander fans should be furious about that because I mean, it's just two yards. You steal the game. Two yards. You steal the freaking game as opposed to having to go. And the, and the ideal outcome they got, because they won the coin toss, right? Now you have to go 75 yards. <laughs> like, How is that easier than getting two yards for two That's, points in the win? For anyone who like argues against this philosophy in general, like whoever the teams are, like, again, so if you go for it, the like thing you have to obtain is converting the two point conversion. So, okay, you have to go two yards, right? Like that's the one thing you need as opposed to the alternative, which is you have to win the coin toss, which is Mm -hmm. literally a 50 50 proposition. And then you and then you have to drive the length of the field Mm -hmm. and you either have to score a touchdown which would be the length or kick a field goal and then also play defense like from just a number of variables standpoint that like it's so ridiculous to me also in there is this should absolutely be included the eagles have a really good kicker they have one of the best kickers in the nfl so it's not even like you know uh so even in the scenario what happened where they won the coin toss but uh they punted the ball and it was a bad punt but the Eagles didn't even need to get too far, you know, yeah, it was into a, what, scoring a 50, territory. Fifty-four yard field goal. I mean, yeah, like... they have a kicker who just hit a sixty-one yarder earlier this season, and famously hit a sixty-one yarder earlier in his career. Like, so it's just why would you go into that situation knowing where the opponent just needs a long field goal to potentially win the game? They can very much do that. Like, it's just there was no good reason for them to not go for two there, and it's pathetic, and it just you know because otherwise that was a really nice game for a Commanders team that uh is has not really i think done a whole lot this year to impress i have not given them a lot of credit i give them more credit sam Howell. i thought this was a like an, a pretty excellent game by him this is a kind of game where you think okay maybe this guy actually can be a franchise quarterback here um they had a lot of things go right but it's just all for naught when you blow it like that and now it's just like okay you're you're not really for real terry mclaurin Remains underrated. Um, Sam Howell, I agree with you. I, I, when when we say played well, played really good, like there's admitted context there. Like I don't know that he's in the top half of quarterbacks yet, but like the return on investment is way worth it at this point in time for the Commanders. And like you have a potential. Like I'm I'm like I'm the jury is still out on Sam Howell with Eric Horse is in his ear. Like and so and that's the thing. Like I, we're only four games in, but I'm. Almost, I'm at least leaning towards the direction of being, you know, able or willing to say like that I'm nervous if Eric Bieniemy is the head coach of this team and Sam Howell is their quarterback. Like, I mean, that that 
you know, process seems to be taking hold. Like Eric Bieniemy seems to be having a positive impact on the offense. Um, I do want to step to the other side of the ball. Um, we sort of issued a, a show-wide apology last year to Saquon Barkley, right? Like that, that was the egg on our face. Um, I think the candidate for that award this year, if it's an award that we want to hand out, I do think we should do that at the end of the year. Like take we were the most wrong on. Um, Chase Young might be the clubhouse leader. Um, like, again, maybe like – like he wouldn't have to do a lot to earn that award necessarily because we were that down, but like he mm -hmm. looks like a functional pass rusher for them, which he hasn't looked like in a very long time. This is the only the second game I think the Eagles played him in, or third, third. This is like the third game the Eagles have ever played Chase Young in, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. Uh, he did look good in this game. Still a lot to go in terms of proving he can stay healthy and everything. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's off to a good start in what is now a contract year for him since the commanders did not pick up his fifth year option. So, uh, you know, that just speaks to to one of the biggest strengths that the commanders do have going for them is that defensive line. And that can give them a chance. On the other hand, the other first round pick, Manuel Forbes. Still might be a work in progress. Still might okay. not be. Takes time sometimes. Takes time. Also, just it's a really tough matchup for him against AJ Brown. I mean, that guy is what, like 166 pounds. AJ Brown's like 210 or something. Like it's just it's not a good matchup for Emmanuel Forbes. Um, and there's that really awesome picture, which you can see by going to bleedinggreennation.com of AJ Brown uh leaning over. Uh Emmanuel Forbes late in the game where he got the taunting penalty. It was actually a really bad penalty because then that gave the commanders a chance to go on that drive at the end of the game. But still, uh, in the vacuum of the moment, still very cool and fun to look at. Are we ready to turn the page to the New York Giants? I think you and I are looking forward to this one the most. I mean, um, we were not harsh enough on this team, clearly, heading, and no one was. And that includes Giants fans. I'm going to call out Giants fans. I'm going to call out our good friend, Ed Valentine, who we think he just mm. does a great job. But I think part of the problem with the Giants, I think I've said this in years past, they're not, they're not like, and the fans, they're not hard enough on the team. They're like, Daniel Jones is making progress. Last year was just like this big victory lap about accomplishing what, really? Beating okay like don't team. you don't have to do that like it was they were legitimate accomplishments that's like it's okay to but say not that, to the extent where this is your core now and you're definitely on the right track and you're locking into daniel jones I, and you're i don't locking think anyone into this core it, no one is disagreeing that they you're trading over, for darren waller who's 31 years old and, you're, and that's the move that's going to get you over the top like no, no that was stupid no one's denying that they clearly overreacted to the success all i'm saying is the success was legitimate like it, it was objectively you know, concrete success. So just to be clear, the final score, 24 to three on Monday Night Football, uh, the Giants winless in their two home was games. Was Ben McAdoo's success legitimate in 2016? It was, it was legitimate success in 2016. Okay. Yeah. Well, but that, like, by the way, Ben uh, McAdoo wanted to play Geno Smith over Eli Manning. Oh, I, I've said that for years. <laughs> like, I mean, that was uh, like, you know, there were Justice too many storylines. So everyone saw this on Monday night, 11 sacks on Daniel Jones. Like What's Daniel Jones is, is part of the problem, but like, like he's holding on to the ball for forever. Agreed. But what's bothering me, um, I have a lot, we have a lot to say on this game, but like, um, I'm bothered that he's taking all of the heat, Like, like, you know, and I'm not going to sit here and say like, Oh, you got like Daniel Jones, isn't the problem. Mm. Like, well, like that's not the case. Sometimes that is the case with NFL teams, <sighs> right? Like the quarterback is just like, you know, stuck in, in the like dysfunction. That's not the case here. But I do not understand why no one is coming for Brian Dable. Like Brian Dable had a week and a half. He had the longest. He, he had the longest amount of time possible. Obviously, not counting coming off of a bye to prepare for this game, and they were a disaster. Beyond that, 
the dude has some big loser energy himself going on. Like, dude, do not be pouting on the sidelines. Do not be tossing the tablet at Daniel Jones. This is a, a purely self-preservation sequence of moves to make it look like Daniel sucks, whatever. If Daniel Jones really was this bad, Dable, and you really are this like quarterback guru whisperer, who we all, ourselves included, hyped you up to be, then why were you not a much more staunch advocate against keeping and retaining him in the offseason. Mm. You signed up for this. You didn't obviously put together the contract. It's it's totally fair to put that on Joe Shane, but you were definitely a part of the evaluation. So Brian Dable, big loser energy for me. I, and again, like I'm, you and I don't have a problem with this, but like, what are you doing leaving him in there again? He took heat for this three weeks ago after leaving him for getting crushed by the Cowboys. There, there was, I under, like, I tweeted about this. People were like, well, they're still trying to win the game. Get the hell out of here with this. Like, you're not going to win the game. Why are you leaving? Whether you think he's good or not, you're freshly paid franchise quarterback in the game to take a beating. It's it's a horrible look in my mind for Brian Dave. They've been pathetic. They haven't been ready to play at any point this year, getting down big in all of these games. And despite that, they had a chance to make this a game, right? It was 14 to three. They're driving. It's like, okay. The Seahawks, who were clearly better, but also weren't playing that well. No, kind of a weird dominant game. We're letting the Giants just hang around. And I was like, are the Seahawks going to blow this? And Devin Witherspoon, who looks awesome, of course. Agreed. And the Eagles and Cowboys and Commanders will both have to deal with at some point later this year. Um, Pick six, and that's the game, really. And look, I get that it's not only Daniel Jones. Yes, of course. But when you're getting paid the 10th highest quarterback salary, a lot of it has to be on you. You don't Agreed. pay a guy that much money to just be a non-factor or to, for it to be not his fault. Agree, but when you're the fault. head coach who's supposed to be able to like work with offensive, you know, quarterbacks and all this stuff, like you, you cannot be like blameless. And I, I haven't seen a fraction of the heat for Brian Dable that I've seen. Dable's not Jones. blameless. I, I think Dable is a lot to blame. I was calling him Ben McAdoo during the game last night. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. again, like I said, the team has not been ready to play. That's just inarguable this year, and that's a it has to be on coaching at some level. Like the players do not look motivated and ready. Obviously, the players have to take some accountability, but when it's every week and it's the whole team it's the whole team and Um, i think really uh at at its core one of the biggest issues still is an issue somehow and this is on joe shane too what is one of the biggest issues with the giants in their their post super bowl era what has been like a consistent theme i mean everything but the quarterback play offensive line offensive line specifically like they've easily had one of if you take the collection of all the years they've they might have like the worst offensive line from that total collection of all those years if not it's one of the worst three or five and they, they can never get it right and it kind of is like uh, they were talking about this during the broadcast. I think no team has invested more resources in recent years in the offensive line in terms of draft capital. Obviously, you have Evan Neal there. So part of it is not for a lack of effort. Sure. But still, to get it so wrong, it's just so embarrassing. And it just doesn't give them a chance. And, they, you know, look, Andrew Thomas was banged up. Some other guys are banged up. But, I mean, that's injuries happen. That's part of the equation. And it's not like, okay – Injuries happened, and you still lost a one-score game. You kind of just got unlucky. No, it's like you, you've, you're not even playing competitive football. You're pathetic. And, and these games are at home, too. You're not even on the road. You're not even like, okay, you know, crowd got on you. No, you're at home. And the crowd last night, uh, I saw, you know, the game starting. Giants fans are fired up. Like, and I was like, why would you be, first of all, after like <laughs> getting such an ass-kicking like against the Cowboys? Like, you've every The fans have every reason to not be. In spite of that, they showed up. They gave the team the support. 
and they just nothing reciprocated back from the Giants. Um, so a uh, friend of blog of the boys, friend of mine, David Hellman of Fox Sports, he had a tweet once. Um, I forget what game it was, but it was in the 2020 season. And but it was something like there's nothing worse for an NFL team than when like it's the day after they just got destroyed. And like there's this just like parade of tweets coming in with like mm. all the stats that like prove how bad <laughs> it was. Right. Um, this was kind of happening in the moment for the Giants. Uh, like mm. it didn't even take until after the game. Uh, we love we or we have loved to um, to talk about. Was it from 2017 through 2021? Oh, yeah. The, the we're Giants we're and, back, baby. Right, the the Giants and Jets had the fewest amount of wins. They were tied for the fewest amount tied. of wins in the NFL. Um, so Ed Werder of ESPN tweeted this out last night or Monday night, because we're recording this Tuesday. Um, there are two teams who haven't run an offensive play with a lead this season, yeah. the New York Giants and the New York Jets. Um, I had a, a turn at this. Um, I was really, really proud of this one. You mentioned being at home. Um, so this is just with regards to Giants games, because obviously the Jets play at MetLife too. But uh, with regards to the Giants, these are the number of touchdowns scored in Giants games at MetLife Stadium this season. Uh, by the Cowboys offense, three. By the Cowboys defense, one. By the Cowboys special teams, one. By the yeah. Seahawks offense, two. By the Seahawks defense, one. Uh, by the Giants as an entire football operation, zero. Hmm. That's pathetic. pathetic. And then we have to talk about you have you can't bring the fact that they're one and three up without mentioning they have to play Miami and Buffalo next on the road in both of those games. You're staring one and five right in the face. Well, then they play. Then they play the Jets right after that. Like I know that they're not Miami and Buffalo, but like that's not a like we can't give that to them at this point. You know what I mean? Like it's even if you do, okay, you're two and five. Like your season is basically over if you do not pull up. Even if you beat one of Miami or Buffalo, which we have a hard time believing that'll be true, I'm sure you're still two and four. (laughs) Like you're just in a really tough spot, and one of those wins doesn't count as you know, like it's not like a divisional win, which are or it's just extremely valuable. You talk about. You know, the teams the Giants have lost to this year, the Cowboys, okay, that's a team they could be competing for for a wild card, you know, if the Eagles win the division again, which is not a given. But I'm saying, like, that's a potential tiebreaker they lose. The 49ers, probably going to win their division, so don't have to worry about them as much. But somehow they don't. Another team that could have a tiebreaker over you, the Seahawks, certainly, either the 49ers or the Seahawks, only one of them can win the division. So one of those teams will have a tiebreaker over the Giants for, and then same thing, well, they beat the Cardinals. I don't think the Cardinals are going to be around there. But point being, not only are these losses like really bad because you're one and three, but they're also in conference and one of them a division loss. These are like, these are, this is not the Eagles in 2013 where they started one and three, but they had losses to like the Broncos chargers and chiefs. You all lost all. Okay. AFC games. That's fine. You're still undefeated in the division, whatever. And in the conference. So uh, yeah, these are damaging losses. I have two final things and then we can kind of move on and start to spin forward. Um, One, I don't know that I've seen this, um, but like the idea that like, oh, Saquon can fix this. What? Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, uh, I, like obviously they're a better team with him. Like I, no one is going to deny that. But like this is a systemic issue. Like, you know what I mean? Like um, and if you're Saquon, like, I, you know, obviously it was a tough contract situation with the tag and everything. Like, why would you want to come back? And and obviously, you know, he could be tagged again. But like, why would you want to be back here with this? Like, this is a disaster. Like, I wouldn't want anything to do with this. Uh, my second thing, and then if you have anything else, we can hit it. But um, you mentioned our buddy Ed Valentine, who runs Big Review, SB Nation's New York Giants side. Everybody check it out. Um, he does a, you know, things I think article after every mm-hmm. Giants game. Uh, this was a really great read on Tuesday. So everybody should go read it. Um, the first sentence is amazing. Uh, it says, I think that right now the New York Giants are a very bad, awful embarrassingly inept football team and honestly i might be being kind 
Uh, but so then he has a sequence of bullet points in terms of things he thinks. And he does kind of talk about the Seahawks not necessarily playing a great game. Um, but um, let's see here. Um, buy me some time because I'm looking for the exact thing. Go ahead. Uh, with what? I mean, the other thing about the Giants, as we've talked about, is what do they do now? Like, because what do you do? It's not as simple okay. as like, okay, you fire the coach. You, you've committed to this. So what do you do? I found the line I was talking about. Great question, though. Um, so this is a little bit further down. Um, Ed, Ed writes, I think it is flabbergasting how bad this Giants team looks. This is a team that won a playoff game a season ago and on paper fields a superior roster. Then in the comment section, uh, somebody took issue with this um said no stop what? making statements like this this is a bad roster and like th that's like to your point that kind of started this whole giants discussion like enough like okay you won the playoff game congrats like we gave you all the proper credit in the world for that it does not like you say that i say this all the time you do not get to pick up where you left off like you have to start again this, like i'm not saying the seahawks are amazing i know we both kind of like them but like the mm -hmm. giants are not a superior roster to them like what makes you think that like what like no. what what possibly makes you think that the giants have a superior roster at this point let's play win loss prediction for the rest of the way obviously oh, you know be good it's hard to do in terms of it's like easy to predict a lot of losses when the team looks so bad, but that's where we are. Okay, one and two so to the next two. So they're, they're one and three right now. One. They lose, so then they drop to one and five. Then they mm -hmm. play the Commanders in uh, MetLife. I'm not, I'm not picking them that game. No way. Okay, <laughs> so then they're uh, what one and six. They host the Jets. I'm not picking them either. I mean, one like and seven. It, yeah. They play the Raiders in Las Vegas. I mean, maybe they, they split the Jets-Raiders games. Fine. Okay, so now they're two and what? I forget. But six. Two and six. Two and six. Uh, Cowboys in Dallas lost. They're two and seven. Commanders in at FedEx. Lose. Okay, two and eight. Patriots home. Maybe. I mean, okay. <laughs> like, I mean. Give me a win or loss. Fine, a win. I mean, let's be a little okay. generous. Three and eight. Play the Packers at home, loss, we'll say. Yeah. Three and nine. They don't beat the Patriots and the Packers. Maybe they split. Yeah, they split those. Yeah. Play the Saints in New Orleans. I'm going to give them a loss there. Saints aren't great, but it's in New Orleans. Play the Eagles in Philly on that's on Christmas Day. Yikes. I mean, very, not very fun for Giants to have Christmas Eagles matchup. Uh, Rams at home, Eagles at home, final game of the season. So total, we have them winning like what th three, four games. Four games? Th yeah, that might I be. Mean... It might not be the worst thing for the Giants to bottom out. I mean, you're kind of stuck with Daniel Jones' contract, so that's not ideal. But I mean, if you couldn't get Caleb, my biggest concern from an Eagles perspective right now is that the Giants would bottom out entirely and get Caleb Williams. That's Caleb the most Williams. concerning yeah. thing that could happen to me. I would not want that to happen. I want them to win a couple more games than that, and. Yeah, I mean, and may, maybe they split, you know, the Washington games. Um, I don't know if Brandon's internet connection is buffering or if it's mine. I think it's I think it's Brandon's for the moment. I'm going to keep buying time because I, Brandon is frozen right I'm here. I'm here. Uh, Can you oh, okay. Me? Now you're back. <laughs> you were, yeah, you the, were frozen. The, the screens jumped out for me. The, the YouTube audience uh, will enjoy because you were frozen like, like, like you were like surprised. Uh, <laughs> so, nice. um, yeah. Nice. Uh, I'm I agree with you. It's bad. Like, I agree on the worst case scenario, but we can save that for another day. We have um, four more games to talk about, obviously. So um, let's spin forward. Uh, for this portion of the conversation, we go in chronological order, Brandon, which means we have to talk about the Commanders first because they mm. are at home on Thursday Night Football, um, hosting Ooh. the Bears. 
I said this on Monday Football Monday, and everybody's like dragging this game, and I'm not going to stop that, obviously, or fight that. This is a better looking Commanders Bears game than last year. That's my only. That take, was which awful. I think is, that was such an awful game. Right. I think it's fair to say it's a better looking game than last year. Carson Wentz is not involved. Washington. I think that was his uh, last win. I think that was Carson Wentz's last win ever. I think you're right. Washington is laying six and a half at home against Chicago. Let me just say this: um, you've been anti Justin Fields for a long time. I want it's worked so out well bad. for me. I know. I want so badly to believe that last week was the beginning of something special, um, but I can't. I, I'm and I I had already talked about this with you on TJ Football with Steven. I I'm only chalking it up to it being the Broncos. I told y'all um, in my league of record, my fantasy league of record, I've got Fields and TJ Stroud. I played Fields last week. It worked out for me. I flew close to the sun, and it was all right. I cannot risk starting Justin Fields on a Thursday night and having to live with it all weekend. So this is a CJ Stroud week for me who looks great. Uh, I'm taking the commanders and laying the points. Always fade Justin Fields. It works out a lot of the time. Bears have not won a game in over a year. I And it, this is disappointing for the commanders because, okay, you beat the Eagles, let's say. You go for two, you mm-hmm. beat the Eagles, and now you have a chance to get to what? Mm-hmm. They'd be four and one, like, you're feeling pretty, pretty good. So yeah, with a, with a mini buy, uh, yeah, with a mini buy under your belt uh, before you play, play Atlanta. I mean, yeah, like you're rolling on, a little Ron. bit. Taylor Heineke revenge game coming up though. Ooh, um, he could get the terrible. Commanders Jordans because he doesn't have those. Because oh wow. wow, it's all coming together. But yeah, I'm taking the Commanders. Uh, I will not regret betting against Justin Fields. The New York Giants are down in Miami. We both said that they're going to lose, so we don't really have to dive into this, but they are getting 11 points, which I don't think is a problem. Yeah, I'll take the Dolphins. I told you that Bills game because you and Steven both picked uh, the Dolphins. Yeah, we were wrong. I was like, well, no, I'm not trying to rub it in. I'm saying the line tells you sometimes. The line told you the Bills were going to win that game. Um, I don't know if it's saying anything here other than confirming the Giants are bad. Short week. Short week for the Giants, who are already bad. Uh, Yeah, give me the Dolphins. Uh, next up in again chronological order, the Philadelphia Eagles heading out west to play the Los Angeles Rams. They are laying four mm. points in the process. The Rams are, I, I would offer that this is definitely not the like easy win that we thought it was for the Eagles at the beginning of the season, and not just from the Eagles not looking stout perspective, but the Rams looking, you know, plucky and interesting. Um, I'll let you go first. Puka Nakua leading the NFL and like multiple key re- receiving categories crazy rams might get cooper cup back he's coming off of the pup list uh not a hundred percent that he'll play but seems like he might all indications in terms of sean McVay have been that that could happen um you look at matthew stafford being banged up he had a hip oh, injury dude. so i don't know fully what's going on there i kind of want to see so we're making these picks on tuesday before we're looking at the injury report i'd kind of like to see if he's actually like practicing or not this week that's kind of a big factor in general uh, given what we have, making the information or making the decision with the information that I have right now, I like the points in this game because I don't think the Eagles have earned the benefit of the doubt. I think the Rams have been a little bit dangerous. The Rams defense is kind of weird because it's Aaron Donald and I don't even know who else, um, but he's still pretty good and is a big factor. The Eagles are missing starting right guard Cam Jurgens for at least a little bit of a stretch here. They'll also pet it in as a backup. So that's kind of a not amazing. Jurgens has been pretty good, I think. I will take the Eagles to win, but I think the Rams with the points are the smart play right now until the Eagles can actually prove they can blow a team out. Uh, This is the Aaron Donald, Jalen Carter game, um, which is dumb because they don't play against one another. Uh, But still, I mean, um, 
Yeah, um, you mentioned Matthew Stafford. It would be the funniest thing of all time if after all the Eagles-Georgia stuff, if Stetson Bennett beat the Eagles. Like, that would be really funny. Mm, the um, one Georgia player they didn't get. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but obviously... Although that would... Matthew Stafford, also from Georgia. So That's true! Oh my gosh! How great uh, is that? Uh, wow, this is a bulldog kind of game. Um, I think it would be really funny not from an Eagles perspective, but from a Brandon Lee gotten perspective for Sean McVay to be the one to finally oh. like, <laughs> beat the I hate him. but he um, is a coward. Like, he's just on it. Like objectively is a coward. My, I don't disagree my with I don't disagree. for him in that regard is very valid. Obviously I don't even think it's just, offensively, but it's not even fair to call it disdain. It's just objective fact. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, like so he just is a coward. It's not arguable, but that matters. Like that's in these games. Like, He's not going to give you an edge in that regard. He's gonna he's gonna do what Ron Rivera did and not go for two at the end of the game. I would feel better about taking the Rams if they hadn't let the Colts back in the game. You know what I mean? If they had kind of cruised yeah. in that game, I I think I might have picked the Rams. They've been to a win. weird team this year. They're kind of hard to figure out right now. That's, because... that's what I'm saying. Like I'm definitely taking the points. Um, like what 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 is this team? This team that there might be one of the hardest teams to figure I out. I think. I, I think they're the they're the second wild card. They're a wild card in terms of like not just what you're saying as like a wild card playoff team, but they're also a wild card in just like figuratively because this team goes out and they beat the Seahawks with that in Seattle. They beat the Seahawks like mm -hmm. definitively. They destroyed and then, them. And then they hung with the Niners. They hung with they... the Niners. And then they lose to the Bengals who look terrible. And then they like oh they go to overtime with the colts who have been plucky but still like you're well, not only so, did like, it, like it's it's important to say they didn't go, they didn't just go to overtime they collapsed you know what i mean like they they collapsed and then at the very end put their foot down and and, mm -hmm. and stopped it all um so that's what i'm saying if they had not collapsed and just won comfortably i would have picked them to win the game i think i can't go there yet uh but i'm i'm getting closer and you know how i keep saying like i'm gonna give the eagles the benefit of the doubt i'm gonna give, give the eagles the benefit of the doubt mm -hmm. i'm getting Closer and closer to the middle of that line, um, just with the way they're playing, even though they're undefeated. So I'm I'm going to take the Rams to cover, um, but I'll take the Eagles to win. But it's close. This is the closest I've been to picking against the Eagles outright so far this season. Yeah, uh, same. And the data supports what you're saying in terms of since the beginning of 2021, when Nick Sirianni became head coach, the Eagles are only six and seven against the spread as road favorites. So not great, but. In those same 13 games, they are 12 and one straight up. So that is a good uh, indication for them. They typically win when they are road favorites. The only game they didn't win was literally the worst game of Jalen Hurts' career. He had like a 15.0 pass rating against Joe Judge's Giants in 2021. Sunday Night Football. Uh, this is, I mean, I, I don't want to speak for non-Cowboys fans, but I feel like this is probably the game that everyone has been most looking forward to that their team isn't involved in. If you're not a Cowboys or a Niners fan, right? Like this, this, this mm -hmm. has all, this is the Dolphins bills game of a week ago. Granted, they didn't totally live up to the hype. Um, th this feels like a big time game. Um, this is the first time uh, stats sent me this, who I will be talking to later on this week at blog of the boys, by the way, it's the first time the Cowboys and the Niners are meeting in prime time since guess when? 2020 1990 incidentally they were scheduled to meet on primetime in 2020 that's uh, what i was but, thinking of they, yeah they were flexed out of that game in favor of joe judge's giants heading to cleveland to take on baker mayfield <laughs> browns um dallas and san francisco are both really banged up and both really bad i'm sure you remember that but uh mm -hmm. the cowboys are three and a half point underdogs in this game rightfully so given that the niners tend to own them um mm. I, I do want to say something first and i would love to hear your insight um on the game before i offer mine and obviously i'll, I'll keep talking about it all week at btb uh, right before you and I started recording this on Tuesday, I was on Kay Adams' show, Up and Adams, 
Um, and she brought up um, how Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott and everybody, how they have been kind of like being super honest about this, how they're like, and I don't know what you've seen, but they're like, this is not a normal regular season game for us. We, we want to win this game. This is effectively a mm. playoff game. We want to send a message. This is the team mm. that's bounced us. And I have found that to be very interesting. So Kay asked me about this. And I wanted to get ahead of this because I know some Eagles fans who listen to the show might see my tweet or her tweet, at least. Um, I said that the Cowboys do not feel threatened by the Eagles. And I don't mean that in the way it sounds, but they and I think you would agree. There's a track record from the Cowboys of at the very least hanging with the Eagles, beating the Eagles straight up with regards to those specific games. That is a totally different thing instead of circumstances here. This team mm. owns them. This team lives rent-free in their minds. So this is a different kind of monster for them than the Eagles games. That's not to say they don't think the Eagles are very talented, but they they have to get through this. And so um, I have found it very interesting, once again, that they have been honest about that. Because if they lose, then it's like, well, you, you hyped this up to be this big game, and then yep. you couldn't live up to it. Um, but obviously, if they win, then it's like, well, hey, you pulled right. it off. I mean, like you can't lose uh, this game. And be like, well, tough one. We'll, we'll move on to next week. Yeah, Didn't exactly. Really just one game. You can't say it's just one game if you're literally saying it's not one game. Um, I well, I'll let you go first on analysis. I just wanted to offer an explanation on um, on that line because they tweeted it out, so I didn't want it to seem like I I was was implying the Eagles suck or anything like that because that wasn't the, the case. 49ers empirically own the Cowboys, as you just said, and regardless of that they're just really good they're like you know i have them number one in my power rankings same they are number two in dvoa they are number three in point differential they're just a really amazing team that has not lost in a regular season game and only has lost one game overall nfc championship game with brock purdy as their starter so and even then not not to not to poke at something you love but like he didn't you know that game was what it was like game really yeah, you can't say like they lost or he lost that game. He's not so. lost a game where he's finished it, finished or started and finished. Uh, I, it's impossible for me. I think it's impossible for anyone. I'm not saying the Cowboys can't win this game. They can win this game. Absolutely, they've been very good this year. I think the Cowboys can win this game, but I think it's not fair to the 49ers to say they're going to lose. I think the 49ers deserve all the benefit of the doubt. And if they just so happen to lose, then you give the Cowboys credit for that. But I don't think you feel like, Oh, I'm so dumb. I picked, I picked the 49ers to win. That was a dumb. No, it's not a dumb decision. I think it's the right decision. And the onus is on the Cowboys to prove everyone wrong. Yeah. That's really where, where I stand as well. Like I would love to be emotional and be like, I'm picking the Cowboys to win, but that would be based completely off of emotion because like you, you said the word empirical, great word usage, by the way, but like, the, the evidence is overwhelming. Like, it's it's not even overwhelming. The evidence is 100%. Um, and, like, I don't mean historically, like, all-time, like, no. But in terms of recent memory, in terms of, like, once Kyle Shanahan got a stable quarterback, you know, uh, under his belt and in his, in his system, like, not C.J. Beathard or whatever, like, he has been the thorn in the Cowboys' side. They have as an entire team, like all of them. I mean, and so, um, and and they have. Been, I've, I've told you this before in stats. They have inspired the way that the Cowboys have built their team. Mm -hmm. They want to be able to stop the run. They want to be able to go to places like San Francisco and Which beat is the tough. Niners. Yeah, because so, the Cowboys had issues with that against the Cardinals. Um, so I'm going to pick the Niners in all likelihood. Like, I don't want to like officially lock it in uh, because to your point, I'm I'm with you. Like you have to prove it. Like if you are over infinity, you know what I mean? Like at this particular thing, then like it's, it's not a thing until it's a thing. And mm -hmm. so if you make it a thing, then great. Like we'll, we'll all sit here and line up and pat you on the back. But until you do, like, we have to give the Niners the benefit of the doubt because they have shown with Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy that they can not just beat you, but that they they own you. Like, they, they completely own you. And this isn't like, 
again, like the Cowboys Eagles thing is, is different contextually, but it's not like, oh, the Eagles are 4-0, but they've looked a little bit weak. No, 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 no. Like the Niners are 4-0 and look unstoppable. So it's it's not yeah. even just that you've blown out teams and they look kind of catchable. No, no, no. They look even better than you do. And they have the like mental edge over you. So I'm very excited and hopeful for the Cowboys to prove me and all of us wrong, obviously. Um, but I mean, I mean, yeah. How how can you objectively pick against San Francisco? You can't at this point in time. I might pick the cow. Like I'm not. I can't bet on this game in the state of Texas. But like, if I could, I might take yeah. Dallas to cover. Um, I was looking at the odds here. It's three and a half points. But I mean, but like even the actual then, the odds on it, not just the spread. Mm, well, what are I'm looking they? Looking at that here. Them? Uh, so yeah, it's minus one fifteen for a Cowboys. So uh, for to cover three and a half, so ten dollars would win me eight dollars and sixty nine cents. But I'm going to be betting on the Cowboys money line because I will then win fourteen dollars and twenty cents if the Cowboys end up winning, and if they end up losing, I will not be so sad about losing ten bucks, especially because our good friends at DraftKings offer the no sweat bet up to ten dollars, so I get a ten bet bonus back if I happen to not win my bets. Um, but really, from an Eagles perspective. Happy with whatever happens. If the Cowboys lose, great. I mean, that's obviously the preferred outcome. And if they don't, well, then the 49ers are no longer uh, with the Eagles there at the top of the NFC, assuming the Eagles can beat the Rams and advance to 5-0. and And uh, yeah, so win-win situation for the Eagles. You've outlined how it's a win-win. My last question here, and then we can pick our songs. What would have to happen um, from the Cowboys angle for you to go, holy crap? Like well, I'm, I mean, if that I'm, obviously I'm they blew out the 49ers, that would be concerning. Well, okay, so like, but th- like that's obvious. But like, maybe but I would still be happy then. the 49ers lost. <laughs> sure, that's. But again, like, what would what would happen that you would go? Okay, this this sucks. Like, uh, I don't. I'm I don't not know. enjoying. I don't this. know if there's anything that can. I mean, a tie. I would not like a tie. Oh jeez. Sure, sure. uh, no, you hate. You are on record at hating when people root for the tie. So get out of here with this. No, you. No, I'm saying say I wouldn't like it. I'm saying I would hate it. Oh, what a lame. What do you mean? I said, wait, I, I'm confused how you're confused by this. I'm saying I don't want it to happen. I would hate that that would happen. Lame. That was how a lame why? note to end on. You think I should that be rooting note. for the tie? No, I'm not saying no. that. Um, I don't want a tie. Um, that would be the worst case scenario for me. That would be the worst case scenario. A tie is the worst case scenario because it doesn't damage either team enough. Um, I'm sure stats will be better at talking about this game than you will so or than you were okay. so whatever i mean um is this the so I is this so. the is this the the non-eagles game that you've been the most excited for this season to watch um i don't know about that wow um okay fine uh let's pick our songs rachelle um ever the early bird um she got the worm she offered hers, and hers is Feel So Good by Mace. Mm. And she put, because it feels so good to be one of the only remaining undefeated teams in the league. I would offer, Rachel that the Baltimore Ravens are not undefeated. Boom, roasted. Tough. Tough one. <laughs> um, even though the Eagles are undefeated. I was thinking about going in a Halloween direction, because it's October. But I think I'll do that a little bit later in the month when the big day is coming up. I was between two. I think I'm going to have to go with last year. Uh, a good friend, Nick Castellanos on the Phillies, talked about how, you know, Citizens Bank Park, where the Phillies play, it's like the jungle, baby. It's four hours of hell. It's 
uh, super the Astros threw a, a combined no hitter there in the World Series, and right? no one ever beat the Phillies there <laughs> until I think it was that game actually. Um, so no, that was yeah, that was the um, you're right. Then they won Game Five there as well. That was the yeah. first one though. You're right. I'm going to the game tonight with my parents. It's gonna be fun. I think the Phillies very cool. Beat the Marlins. I'm gonna say Craig Kimball has been using this song as his opener, and he hasn't been great recently. But I do like the atmosphere. And again, I'm going back to the, the Castellanos part, part of it all, where he said last year that the bank is the jungle. So I'm going, Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses. Um, I mean... A little hype song for you. I, I have a problem with um, teams referring to their stadium as the jungle. Like it's because you're not the Bengals too, and the Bengals play in the jungle. Well, if you're if you're any tiger and you want to do it, if you're actually any Amazonian, the Amazonian, yeah, the lions could do it. If you're some sort of snake, you know what I mean. Like Philly, I'm fine with that. Philly if the, is if a the Diamondbacks want to do it, like I'm cool with that. Um, Are you saying but, a Philly like, isn't a common animal found in the jungle? <laughs> um, do you know where? I hey, just, do you know where the fanatic is from? That's right. He's from the jungle, baby. Uh, also an alliterative thing, the fanatic. So way to go, Feagles. Uh, but um, that's fine. I think he I canonically mean, might be from the jungle. Um, whatever. Um, okay. I mean, I hope you have a great time. Um, are you nervous about the game? About the Marlins? No. Nope. I think the Phillies are made no. to play postseason baseball. The Marlins have, uh, you know, given the Phillies trouble in the past, fully acknowledged, but uh, they also play in a stadium where there are no fans at all. And I think the Phillies fans jumping on them will be too much. I think Zach Wheeler is the Phillies' best pitcher. I think the lineup's going to hit. I think uh, I'm more worried about game two where Aaron, Aaron Nola will be pitching and he's been very inconsistent. I am feeling less confident about that one. But game one, we got game one. Um, Yuli Gurriel beat the Phillies in the last playoff series. Okay. <laughs> um What's wow it's so good to have playoff baseball what's that what's your song um well you um i mean you, i guess you just did it with the, with regards to the phillies not the eagles but you have been uh picking we talked about like themes or anthems with regards to kind yeah, of yeah rachel kind of did that for um, me this week right right uh so shout out to rachel um i'm going with an all-time banger um that kind of describes how i'm feeling but not quite and i'm sort of trying to manifest how i'm feeling um hopefully this time next week um but um no doubt slept on band you know what i mean like really kind of all-time band obviously everybody you know knows gwen uh no but doubt. i'm going i'm going with i'm hoping there's no doubt that's part of it too so it's like a double entendre kind of thing not double entendre big, double meaning so no doubts hella good because I'm kind of feeling hella good. I'm hoping that I'm feeling hella good. Uh, it's a great song, kind of a, a low-key pump-up song. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have the the normal pump-up kind of vibes, but um, hella good by No Doubt. Was it uh, in Remember the Titans where it was Leave No Doubt? Mm, I don't know what you're talking about so. specifically. Okay. Let's get out of here. As we do, Brandon, I would like you to tell us something. As this will be do. the past. Uh, this this will be the past to everyone, but the future for you. Something that you promised to eat at the Phillies well, Marlins playoff. Game. I'm glad you asked this. This is very so. There is actually this creation that you can search for. I'm sure by googling or twittering, whatever. The Schwarberger. I feel like you're not going to like it, but it's like this crazy concoction. RJ's looking it up right now. 
that the Phillies are putting out. It's like uh, multiple onion oh rings on top of bacon. <laughs> oh wait, so it's on. Here's how it is from top to bottom. I'm gonna read for the people not. Being you should go to bottom to top. I think. Look at it here. Okay, I'll do from bottom to top. Here's a picture of it. Uh, bun, smoked barbecue brisket, like a thick layer of that. Right. Half pound burger, Cooper Sharp American cheese, cherry pepper relish. I love cherry pepper relish. Bacon, onion ring, onion ring, big onion rings here too. By the way, bun, and then an onion ring on top of that. So, I'm going for that. Uh, that's a great selection. I like all of this. So you were wrong about this. Um, this is kind of like two. a little birthday gift for me too. So like I'm kind of you know I'm treating myself here. I'm going all out. Yeah, treat yourself. Um, yeah, that's why we love the month of October. Um, so I have two questions on this. One, okay. the picture I'm looking at, um, it looks kind of like the size of a slider. Is that accurate? No, in your understanding? it's big. No, no, no. It's like like sure the it's like the circumference is really big, like really wide. Uh, I don't know, but my, I mean, look, it's, 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 look at all the things that are in it. My understanding is it's no, fairly big. I get, it looks like this, like the size of the palm of my hand, like it's from a width. It's not a slider. That's what I'm saying. It's a half pound I mean, burger. I mean, a half pound burger is not a slider. Oh, I, I didn't see this. Like, I didn't read anything. I'm just looking, maybe it's just like the it's picture big. doesn't provide, no, it's a big thing. yeah, the, the, the picture doesn't provide proper context. My other thing is there's, um, like a skewer through uh, it in the picture I'm looking see at. That picture, see that picture relative oh, to see, like, that, that's a tray. much more generous yeah, looking picture. Huge. Yeah. Okay. How are you going to eat this? Like we we're curious to know like I don't know. Uh, physically. Oh yeah, because you can't. I know you don't like that part of it because you can't like practically you know bite into it as it is. I'll probably I take what, that top you're... onion ring off, eat it, and then maybe smush the rest together as much as I can. I think you should only leave one onion ring. Take the rest. Take the, the two off. I, you might be right. I might take two off. I'll just eat them on the side and then right. uh, press the rest of the burger together um i hope you enjoy i hope you enjoy a good time with your parents um i hope the marlins win at this point um <laughs> being honest with you um like come on I, give me one win. look no 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 no. like here's where you i can stand, say you being, hope they win the series but let them let me see a win tonight i'm okay i'm cool with that i, I hope you experience a win but then i hope the phillies lose the series um That's fair. here's where, That's nice. where here's where i sit um, and I think my selfishness is incredibly understandable, especially given like the work I do and how closely connected it is to Philadelphia fans. Um, I have forever a title against a Philly. All right, we're running. Team. And, um, I have to. No, and so like have to go. I'm not doing I, this. As a, I don't. I, I don't want to ruin that. I, I don't want to. I don't want to be like one and one in that respect in my life. So um, I will keep that there. Um, I'm kind of rooting for the D-backs too um, in the NL. So we'll see how that goes. But anyway, let's get out of here. Brandon, give us. Six words. Go. The Phillies are going to win.